God is glorious in his saints. Welcome to the Christian Saints Podcast. My name is Professor Darren Ong, recording from Sepang in Malaysia. In this podcast, we explore the lives of the Christian saints from the Anglican, Roman Catholic, and Eastern Orthodox traditions. Today, we commemorate St. Lucy of Syracuse. St. Lucy was a young girl from Syracuse in Italy who was martyred for her faith in the early years of Christianity, sometime in the early 4th century. In some ways, her story is similar to that of St. Agnes, whom we have covered before, and other so-called virgin martyrs. This was a reflection on the severe persecution Christians had to endure in the Roman Empire, a persecution that spared no one, not even children. Let us read an account of St. Lucy's life from the Golden Legend, that famous medieval collection of saints' lives, by Jacobus de Voragin. We use a translation by William Granger Ryan. Lucy comes from lux, which means light. Light is beautiful to look upon, for as Ambrose says, it is the nature of light, and all grace is in its appearance. Light also radiates without being soiled, no matter how unclean may be the places where its beams penetrate, it is still clean. It goes in straight lines, without curvature, and traverses the greatest distances without losing its speed. Thus we are shown that the Blessed Virgin Lucy possessed the beauty of virginity without trace of corruption, that she radiated charity without any impure love. Her progress toward God was straight and without deviation, and went far in God's works without neglect or decay. All the name is interpreted, way of light. Lucy, the daughter of a noble family of Syracuse, saw how the fame of St. Agatha was spreading throughout Sicily. She went to the tomb of this saint with her mother Eutychia, who for four years had suffered from an incurable flow of blood. The two women arrived at the church during the Mass, at the moment when the passage of the Gospel was being read that tells of the Lord's cure of a woman similarly afflicted. Then Lucy said to her mother, If you believe what you have just heard, you should also believe that Agatha is always in the presence of him, for whose name she suffered martyrdom. And if in this faith you touch the saint's tomb, you will instantly recover your health. So when all the people had left the church, 
the mother and her daughter stayed to pray at the tomb. Lucy then fell asleep and had a vision of Agatha standing surrounded by angels and adorned with precious stones. And Agatha said to her, My sister Lucy, virgin consecrated to God, why do you ask me for something that you yourself can do for your mother? Indeed, your faith has already cured her. Lucy, awakening, said to her mother, Mother, you are healed, but in the name of her, to whose prayers you owe your cure, I beg of you to release me from my espousals and to give to the poor whatever you have been saving for my dowry. Why not wait until you have closed my eyes, the mother answered, and then do whatever you wish with our wealth. But Lucy replied, What you give away at death you cannot take with you. Give while you live, and you will be rewarded. When they returned home, they began day after day to give away their possessions to satisfy the needs of the poor. Lucy's betrothed, hearing about this, asked the girl's nurse what was going on. She put him off by answering that Lucy had found a better property which she wished to buy in his name, and for that reason was selling some of her possessions. Being a stupid fellow, he saw a future gain for himself and began to help out in the selling. But when everything had been sold and the proceeds given to the poor, he turned Lucy over to the consul Pascasius, accusing her of being a Christian and acting contrary to the laws of the emperors. Pascasius summoned her and commanded her to offer sacrifice to the idols. Lucy's answer was, The sacrifice that is pleasing to God is to visit the poor and help them in their need. And since I have nothing left to offer, I offer myself to the Lord. Pascasius retorted, Tell that story to fools like yourself, but I abide by the decrees of my masters, so don't tell it to me. Lucy said, You obey your master's laws, and I shall obey the laws of my God. You fear your masters, and I fear God. You are careful not to offend them, I take pains not to offend God. You want to please them. I wish to please Christ. Do then what you think will be of benefit to you, and I shall do what I think is good for me. Pascasius said, You have squandered your patrimony with seducers, and so you talk like a whore. But Lucy replied, As for my patrimony, I have put it in a safe place, and never have had anything to do with any seducers of the body or of the mind. Pascasius said, Who are these seducers of the body and the mind? Lucy replied, You and those like you are seducers of the mind. 
because you induce souls to turn away from their creator. As for seducers of the body, they are those who would have us put the pleasures of the flesh ahead of eternal joys. This moved Pascasius to say, The sting of the whip will silence your lip. Lucy said, The words of God cannot be stilled. Pascasius replied, So you are God? said Lucy. I am the handmaid of God, who said to his disciples, You shall be brought before governors and before kings for my sake. But when they shall deliver you up, take no thought how or what to say, for it is not you that speak, but the Holy Spirit that speaks in you. Pascasius replied, So the Holy Spirit is in you? Lucy said, Those who live chaste lives are the temples of the Holy Spirit. Then I shall have you taken to a brothel, said Pascasius. Your body will be defiled and you will lose the Holy Spirit. The body is not defiled, Lucy responded, unless the mind consents. If you have me ravished against my will, my chastity will be doubled and the crown will be mine. You will never be able to force my will. As for my body, here it is, ready for every torture. What are you waiting for? Son of the devil, begin. Carry out your cruel designs. Then Pascasius summoned procurers and said to them, Invite a crowd to take their pleasure with this woman, and let them abuse her until she is dead. But when they tried to carry her off, the Holy Spirit fixed her in place, so firmly that they could not move her. Pascasius called in a thousand men, and had her feet and hands bound, but still they could not lift her. He sent for a thousand yoke of oxen. The Lord's Holy Virgin could not be moved. Magicians were brought in to try to move her by their incantations. They did no better. What is this witchery? Pascasius exclaimed, that makes a thousand men unable to budge a lone maiden. There is no witchery here, said Lucy, but the power of Christ, and even if you add ten thousand more, you will find me still unmovable. Pascasius had heard somewhere that urine would chase away magic, so he had the maiden drenched with urine. No effect. Next the consul, at the end of his wits, had a roaring fire built around her, and boiling oil poured over her. And Lucy said, I have prayed for this prolongation of my martyrdom, in order to free believers from the fear of suffering, and to give unbelievers time to insult me. At this point the consul's friends, seeing how distressed he was, plunged a dagger into the martyr's throat. But far from losing the power of speech, she said, I make known to you that peace has been restored to the church. This very day, Maximian has died, and Diocletian has been driven from the throne. And just as God has given my sister Agatha to the city of Catania as protectress, so I am given to the city of Syracuse as mediatrix. While the virgin was still speaking, Envoys from Rome arrived to seize Pascasius and take him in chains to Rome. 
because Caesar had heard that he had pillaged the whole province. Arriving in Rome, he was tried by the Senate and punished by decapitation. As for the Virgin Lucy, she did not stir from the spot where she had suffered, nor did she breathe her last before priests had brought her the body of the Lord, and all those present had responded Amen to the Lord. There also she was buried, and a church was raised in her honour. Her martyrdom took place about the year of the Lord, 310. St. Lucy's name sounds like the Latin word for light, lux. Hence, there has been a strong association with St. Lucy and light. She is a saint that one prays for, for problems with the eyes or blindness. And there is a legend that she brought supplies to Christians hiding in the catacombs by candlelight. Let us read a reflection by author Marianne Bach on the connection between Lucy and Light from the website of Loyola Press. Light is very important to us as humans. Light is a necessity as darkness sets in. As humans, we count on and sometimes take for granted the physical light around us as well as the light within. That is, until we know darkness. Saint Lucy, whose feast day is celebrated on December the 13th, is known as the patron saint of blindness. Legend has it that Saint Lucy was tortured by Diocletian because of her deep faith. Legend continues that her eyes were taken and concludes that God miraculously restored Lucy's eyesight. The important message, as I see it, is the importance of light, and living our faith openly and without fear. The physical light around us, be it the lights we switch on when darkness comes, or the beautiful sunrise and sunlight during the day, is very important. More important is the light of Christ, living within each of us. Custom has it, especially in the Scandinavian countries, that girls process with candles on their heads to celebrate the Feast of St. Lucy. How wonderful it would be if we would always process forward with the light within our hearts and souls as baptized Christians. It is said that our eyes are the windows into our souls. There is physical blindness, and there is also inner blindness. I often wonder how many opportunities I have missed, or have been blind to, when it comes to being an instrument of Christ's light for others. In a world filled with the darkness of greed, selfishness, and individualism, light is needed and we have been given the wonderful challenge to be that light for others. Stamping out the darkness that surrounds and envelops our world by courageously standing up for our faith would result in a world of brilliant Christ-light. Let us 
Let us pray. Saint Lucy, your name means light. You lived your faith, knowing the importance of sharing the light of Christ with others, even when it meant persecution and hardship. Please help us to be light in darkness, to know we are called to carry the light of Christ to a world in need, to our families, our places of work and ministry, and our church. Help us to see the many opportunities given us each day to be a light in darkness. Amen. Saint Lucy is a saint with a rather large following. Throughout the centuries, many have been inspired by her life and sacrifice. In fact, she has the distinction of being the only woman who has a country named after her, the island nation of Saint Lucia in the Caribbean. Saint Lucy's feast day is celebrated on December 13th in every Christian denomination that commemorates saints. In the Julian calendar, Saint Lucy's day on December 13th is the shortest day of the year. Saint Lucy's day is therefore a very important holiday in some countries, particularly in Scandinavia and Italy, where it is a festival of lights, where the lights overcome the darkest day of the year. Let us read a delightful account from Thai French in the Anglican Compass website, sharing about how she and her family celebrate Saint Lucy's Day. Flickering candles, hot coffee, and saffron buns. This Scandinavian Advent tradition has its roots in the story of a 3rd century martyr who brought light and aid to Christian saints in hiding. Celebrated on December the 13th, one week after Saint Nicholas Day, the feast day of Saint Lucy is one of warmth, light, abundance and generosity, pointing towards the coming of the Great Light. Where did Saint Lucy's Day come from? Saint Lucy, or Lucia, whose very name means light, was a Christian in Sicily during the 3rd century, eventually martyred during the persecutions of Diocletian. Legend tells that she would sneak food to Christians who had been forced into hiding in catacombs. In order to carry more provisions, she is said to have worn a wreath of candles on her head to light her way in the dark night. Her feast day shows up quite early in history, an ecclesiastical record, although the traditional celebrations are more modern. So how did a Sicilian saint come to be celebrated in Scandinavia? Well, according to medieval legend, during a particularly dark, sparse winter, a ship bearing Lucy's image, loaded with sacks of wheat, arrived on the shores of Lake Varnern and kept the people from starving. Lucy's feast day 
coincided with the turning of the year, winter solstice, and came to symbolize the return of light, warmth, and hope. How do we celebrate St. Lucy's Day? Although the feast is celebrated in many countries with different treats and traditions, the most familiar image is of a young girl in a white gown, symbolizing Lucy's baptismal robe and purity, and a red sash representing her martyrdom, with a wreath of candles on her head, processing with light, singing, and bread through the dark of the night. In our house, we make saffron buns, or we get them from Ikea if we forget. The night before, we lay out the coffee tray, ready for the morning. Before dawn, our oldest daughter gets up and helped by her sisters, dresses in a white nightgown, makes the coffee, lights her LED wreath crown, and processes into our room with singing and the breakfast tray. It's good fun for all, but can also be a perfect opportunity to discuss the coming of the light into the darkness, the bread of life, and the hope of the martyrs and saints. It's a bright spot in the Advent season of longing and a celebration our children look forward to. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Christian Saints Podcast. Look for the Christian Saints Podcast page on Facebook or Instagram, or find us on Twitter at podcast underscore saints. All music in this episode was composed by my good friend, James John Marks of Generative Sounds. Please check out his music at generativesoundsjjm.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use so more people can find the Christian Saints podcast and be blessed by these stories of God's saints. Let us end by reading the Eastern Orthodox Churches, Troparian and Kontakian, for St. Lucy's feast day on December the 13th. Wearing the radiant mantle of virginity and virginally betrothed to the life-giver Christ, you forsook the love of your earthly betrothed. Therefore, as a bridal gift, you brought to him the outpouring of your blood. O Virgin Martyr Lucy, intercede with him for us all. We honor you, pure virgin and trophy-bearer Lucy, and we praise your illustrious contest, for you desired only the beauty of Christ, disdaining all corruptible things. When you were beheaded, you received incorruptible glory. <laughs>